I normally don't say the episode numbers of these, but I'm going to say it right now because we're at the half-century marker, episode 50 of Wizards After Dark. I'm your host, Fred Caps. I also cover the Wizards for The Athletic in uh, a back hallway today, so there might be some natural noise at uh, whatever it's called, Capital One Arena, following the Wizards' 140 to 138 double overtime loss to the Raptors. Really amazing game. They were down 23. They came back and ended up pushing the game to overtime, then double overtime. Beal had 30 points and 10 assists just in the second half. He finished with 43, 10, and 15. Trevor Ariza came a rebound away from a triple-double. Kawhi Leonard had 41 and 11. Siakam had 24 and 19. Some unbelievable lines. This is going to be actually a quick podcast because i got to rush out because I'm starting my travel to London very soon uh, where the Wizards play on Thursday, and I'm here with NBC Sports Washington's Ben Standig in the back hallway. Yeah, this is. I've done a podcast from about eighteen different places in the in, the, uh, in this building. This is a new one. I have not stood in this spot, so break breaking new breaking new ground. Congrats! We got a uh, we got a Gatorade cooler here. We got. I don't know what this is. It's a hot. It's something for the hockey dudes. It's, I think I would like lose my lose a hand if I started touching this particular equipment. I see it's got like metal and I don't know some things going on. I don't really know what's going on. But by the way, so like you just said, like Bradley Beal had 30 and 10, and if you go off over that quick, you would think oh, that's what he had. No, that was the second half, or after, or after halftime at least. I mean, what a ridiculous performance. He started one of nine from the field. I think he was four of 17 at one point, and what did he finish at? Like, basically, he bit he made like five shots the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, so he, was, he did start at four of 17. You can hear really all the sounds of the arena right now. So he was four of 17. We're going to do quick math right now, which means he ended. 11 for 19. Yeah, no, 13 for 19. Uh, yeah, the 13 for 19. 19. There was a point after 4 of 17 where he brought his shooting back to earth by making by making 9 out of 10, which, I mean, he was just on fire. He was hitting pull-ups in transition, and, man, he looked so off in the first half. I don't know if it was the start time. The Raptors were trapping him, whether it was on pick-and-rolls, whether it was running off of curls, no matter what it was. The Raptors were trapping him more aggressively than any team. Like, when he penetrated... There were three or four dudes around him. And I've said this so many times on this podcast, Bradley Beal's greatest offensive strength now is his ability to prod for the first few minutes of the game, figure out how everybody is covering him, and then take advantage of that later. The Raptors have a really good defense. They have their starting lineup back together now, and they were executing unbelievably well early in the game when they got out to that 23-point lead. And so I think part of that, that, that prodding process, that figuring out process, probably took a little bit longer. But, oh, my goodness, like he made up for those missed shots and those ugly missed shots real quick. And, and the thing is, like, obviously when we talk about how, how, how these players are doing – Obviously, look, they are shorthanded, right? There's no John Wall. There's no Marquise Morris. We look at the Wizards out there. There are times you're like, wow, where is the offense going to come from? And the other teams see that. They know if we take Bradley Beal out, if we can slow him down or whatever, our chances of winning are going to be pretty good because the Wizards just don't have enough. And, like, Sadoransky couldn't make a shot today. So if they don't have the guys that they do have <laughs> clicking, then it's even harder. And yet, and that's what I think we saw a little bit early. Like you said, they were going right up Beal. And then the fact that it became a point where it didn't matter – Toronto with all that length, all their ability to switch, all these guys, it didn't matter. Bradley Beal, screw you. I'm going to go hit threes. I'm going to drive. Um, and when he drives, he's under control. He, he, he's throwing it to the other guys. We also had 13 assists, 10 in the second half. Uh, just, just, just a spectacular performance. Yes, he did. The, the biggest bugaboo left for him is some of the late game stuff. Uh, missed a couple free throws late and, and, and still sort of missing that signature last second shot. But 
all that aside, just, just a spectacular performance by a guy who's being hunted right now. And I wrote something other, uh, yesterday on NBC Sports Washington. Unfortunately, we don't have the time today to get into, but I would love your take. How many guards right now in this league are definitively better than him? I came up with four. Maybe I could get the six. That, that's about it. I still don't think too many people nationally would view it like that. So I saw I saw that piece, and I'm going to bring up like a different. I was I was actually we do have time. I was going to bring up a different variation because look, there's some other things to talk about in this game. Otto Porter was really really good. He was really important off the bench. He was like a plus twenty something off the bench. And Troy the Brown played was, real minutes. Troy Brown played Troy, real minutes. Whole other podcast. If we were doing a 25 minute podcast, we'd get into it. But we got to be quick because I got travel obligations and this ended up going into double overtime, so we're scrunched for time. But I think this is an important topic and it's a good fun discussion. I saw so much stuff on Twitter during this game. There's no question about it. Bradley Beal is an all-star now. And no kidding. Clearly, Bradley Beal is an all-star now. But I'm wondering, and it's not at this point right now, I don't think, but Bradley Beal, since John Wall went down after tonight, is probably averaging like 30 a game without John Wall. Add in six or seven assists and five or six rebounds. Screw all-star. Obviously, that's all-star. He's playing for an all-NBA spot if he does that for the rest of the year. And that's kind of what you're talking about, right? We're talking about if you're an all-NBA guard, you're a top-six guard. There are six spots there. I don't know. I haven't gone through. Obviously, Harden would be a first-team guy. Curry ends up playing the rest of the year and putting up the numbers that he has. He's your other first-team guy. Um Kyrie, Kyrie Westbrook. I mean, even though this is but, not a city, but Beal's having a better year than Westbrook. No, he, he absolutely is. I just I'm going to assume that Westbrook's number, shooting numbers get better. Right. And he's already but that's skilled. why that's why though that I brought up. I wanted to frame it as All NBA, sure, and not necessarily who's better because who's better. I'm still saying Russell Westbrook is better than Bradley Beal. Right. But if you want to, if Bradley Beal keeps playing at this level, and you're talking about All NBA, and Russell Westbrook has a 48% true shooting, and is shooting 22% from three. I don't think you can put him ahead of Bradley Beal, especially when Bradley Beal's a better defensive player, too. Like, I don't think that you can necessarily do that. The reason the Thunder are winning is because of their defense and because of Paul George. Yeah. Uh, it's not because of Russ this year. Normally sure, sure. it is because of Russ. So I, I actually wouldn't do that. I mean, Lillard's having a great year. I mean, let's let's bring it back to your article. No, no, I mean, I, th- I think your point is... Uh it's completely valid. I remember last year, so again, the, at the point where they, uh, right around the same time when John Wall's out, they start to win. They get on a good streak. I was, I remember talking to people about this exact topic. Hey, Bradley Beal's playing well enough. Shouldn't we be talking about him for something like an all-NBA situation? Because the Wizards finished the way they did, and, and he in particular, he just, I think, just ran out of gas late last season. It, it sort of took him out of that conversation. But I, I think it's a, it's a great point. I mean, he's he is playing at that level, and I think part of the issue is constantly the the sense of when you, think about it this way: when everybody talks about this backcourt, it's Wall and Beal. One guy is the first guy, the other guy is the second guy, and because of that, I think it's taking two people too long to recognize what Beal's been doing, not just this year, the last couple of years. And but that's the thing that's interesting now: John Wall's not coming back, so this is Bradley Beal's run. And it's been it's been impressive. Three straight games, thirty points, and then he's doing work on both ends of the court. Uh, it's it's it, it's wild. So yes, I agree that the All NBA conversation is something that should uh, should should be going on for sure. Yeah, and there's some other guys there. Kemba is having a really awesome year. Probably a couple other in the West too. 
who I'm yeah, I mean, there's, flipping my mind. I mean, you know, DeRozan to some degree, Mike Conley, the old depot's been injured a bit, but obviously right. he'll be somewhere. If we count Jimmy Butler as a guard, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's somewhere in there. You know, Ben Simmons. So there, there's other candidates in that. And, and, you know, like I said, I wasn't suggesting Beal is the fifth best. No, league, I know, but, I know. But at the same point, it's, let's at least debate it because that's the whole point. I don't think he gets in the debates. We talked about these other guys, and he, he, he more than deserves it. And this week, not just this game, this entire week, it's, you know, the 10 days, whatever it is, has been really impressive. Yeah, we got, we got another guy passing us right now in the hallway making all that noise who, who's going to have an argument to be on there too, Kyle Lowry, who could absolutely be on there if Toronto ends up with the best record in uh, I, If only I had re- re- recognized that he was the one coming, we could have, I could have said yeah, I think I think Beal's got a chance to pass Kyle Lowry <laughs> and then just see what um, he's, he's feisty, he might have and, and, and he's funny, he might say something <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean and, and uh, you know, look, to, to sort of bring it back to the Wizards, you know look, they still are shorthanded the record still is what it is, they still have to get to the playoffs before we can even get talking bigger picture, but what I think, this, and, and look we've seen the Wizards over the time have some good games against strong opponents, and then, you know, fade against teams like the Knicks who are coming up. So that's not nothing set, but the, the way they play this extended stretch, I'm, I mean, I think it goes to show you that they could potentially be not, not I'm not saying winning first round series, but be scrappy, whereas most of this year we're like, Ugh. You know, whatever they, they it's, it's hard to watch, and I think it's because again, it's not just Bill's scoring; it's the tone that he's setting, and they're all following suit. And I, you know, that's part of the, the calculus for me. Yeah, I mean, look, they got done twenty-three tonight. I would have mailed it in. They're, they got a long flight coming up. Mine didn't seem to be there, which clearly wasn't the case. I clearly misread that. That wasn't the case because they fought back and they ended up tying the game, and they kind of fought from there on and made it 15, and then it went back to 19, made it 11, then it went back to 17, and made it 9, then it went back to 13. It's just like, kept going back and forth. <clears throat> they they fought. I mean, they you can't say they haven't been playing hard, because they've been, they've been fighting their asses off, and Toronto is the best team, definitely one of the two best teams in the East. You can make an argument they've been the best team in the NBA all season, and you can support that argument very well. Losing by two to them, even at home, there's no shame in that, especially when you were down big and you ended up fighting back with, with legitimate players. Uh, one thing that I do want to address, you said the thing, the thing with Beal is you said, you know, if he runs out of gas, that's an important subjunctive. Yes. Because Bradley Beal played 55 minutes tonight, career high. And I feel like every two weeks we're talking about Bradley Beal playing a career high minutes. He played 55 minutes tonight. He's playing an outrageous amount of minutes, and it's not just the minutes; it's the workload. He's, he's constantly he's on both ends of the court. He's, he's right. playing defense. He's not just taking that side. And, and he's off. constantly running off screens, and he's running pick and rolls. I think he and runs like, more than any guy in the league per game. Yeah, he might. He might. That might be the case. And like, it's the workload. Like he is not like so. Like PJ Tucker is playing a lot of minutes. P.J. Tucker stands in the corner the whole time, and he plays on defense, but he's in the corner on offense the whole time. And, and Beal, his workload has just been unbelievable this year. And if, he, if he's going to fall off, that's a good reason to fall off. I would think that would be the number one reason, not necessarily like defenses have figured him out. Because Toronto threw everything at him. I mean, everything. And he was awesome. I think he's just the, one of those guys who's like, at this point, it's like he's going to get his numbers if he's feeling himself, but it's hard to be feeling yourself when you're exhausted. So he's in great shape. He has not shown any exhaustion so far. Uh, but, you know, 
we'll see if that shows in February and in March or even the end of January because I'm exhausted for them. Yeah, no, and this is kind of what happened last year. I mean, they, they just didn't have um, – I mean, last year had Jody Meeks and Tim Frazier off the bench. We can quibble with that, but those are guys who are veterans that Scott Brooks would use. Right now we're looking at Jason Randall and Troy Brown. Put, let's put the jokes aside. He did play some tonight, and as you pointed out, got some minutes at the point. But that's partly why he needs to play more because of what you just said. It's not just that Troy Brown needs to play for the sake of Troy Brown and what can the first-round pick do. They need bodies. They need more guys. They, with, with Ron Baker gone – they literally only have the four guards if you're not counting Jordan McRae on the two-way. And, and Troy Brown's one of them. So tonight, I think, was a little bit of a, of a different situation because they don't play again until Thursday. You can kind of see that Scott Brooks going with Beal the whole second half. He's not anticipating double overtime, so that sort of thing. But I, I sort of get today why you would say the hell with it. We're going to run Beal all, all the way down to it because of the, you got these extra days off and all that. But to your point, th- there's going to be some other scenarios. There will be other games where you're down 10 in the first half. You need to use Beal a lot to come back. And the minutes get up to 40 and such. And that's not sustainable over time. Of course, this season's weird. We don't know if they're making the playoffs, but the larger point is, yeah, we'll see where he's where his body's at in the last 15 games. And they, look, hey, by the way, they still have two open roster spots. Maybe fill one of them at some point here, just to add us as a thought. You could. You could. They, they have to, by rule, fill at least one of them at some point. Uh, that is it. Uh, ben, you've been on, I don't know, what, seven times, six times? But plug your stuff anyway. Uh, NBC Sports Washington. I'm excited to uh, not be going to London from the standpoint of I got like I gotta get like I gotta get a new gym membership. I, I gotta take stuff to the cleaners, like all the stuff I've been blowing off of while you were you know, having fun with the, with the Queen. I'm gonna be at the dry cleaners, uh, getting life back in order. So appreciate the, uh, the, the the run here as always, Mr. Kent. You're with the cleaners. I'm with the cleaners. There you, there you go. And uh, I'll be back after the London game with another podcast. I have no idea if the audio from today is terrible, but it might be. And if it is, sorry about all the loudness, but the room where I normally do it was all occupied. Cause well, I think people like the ambient noise. Yeah. And, and if they don't, uh, you know, I do. During this, Kyle Lowry walked by, Kawhi Leonard walked by, Danny Green walked by. You got some yeah, star the, ambient noise there. It was the Toronto PR said, you know, see you later, guys. You yeah. know, there, was, there, was a lot, there was a lot happening here. Exactly. I'll be back on Thursday after the game from London, and I'll talk to you guys then.